from ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago, and you are listening to the awesome Tomahawk Roundup. So what is going on guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup and I am joined by the Chicago Fireball himself, David Kaplan of ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. David, how are you this morning? I am doing great. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much, Mr. Kaplan. So you grew up in the Chicagoland in Skokie, pretty close to where I am based out of. What did growing up in Chicagoland do to shape you as a sports host? Uh, look, I grew up in the home of the late Marshall Kaplan, my dad, who was a lawyer, but would have traded positions with me up till the day he passed because he loved sports, and he put that love of sports into me and to my brother, and so I felt like, hey man, I've got to find a way to make a living in sports. This is who I am. This is what moves me. Uh, my brother's an eye surgeon. My mom, a dietitian. My dad, a lawyer, and I'm the sports guy. I just, I was not going to be deterred from my dream, no matter how hard that road was at times. It's the greatest decision of my life to stick with it. Exactly, and that's and that's a lot of things people don't realize. You know, it's not just an easy one, two, three. There's a lot of adversity getting into this business, and there's a lot of challenges you have to face. But like you said, it's all worth it in the end when you make it to the big stage like you have. Yeah, it, again, it's not for everyone. I have people that I was competing with for jobs who are now you know, selling insurance or they're working in other fields. And there's nothing wrong with any of those fields. But they did not want to work weekends. They did not want to work nights. Or as one buddy of mine said, yeah, my girlfriend doesn't like me having to work on Saturdays. She thinks, you know, I should just work nine to five. Well, here he is. He's in his early 50s. And he regrets that decision because he ended up walking away from his dream because he didn't want to ruffle feathers in his personal life. And now he's a guy who's in his early 50s who's divorced and isn't uh, the happiest person with his choices. You have to be able to look in the mirror if you're going to chase this dream of being a sportscaster and go, it's not going to be easy, but the most important decision you make is who you marry. You can't change people. So you either have to move on and find someone that you're a better fit with or you have to say all right i'm not going to work weekends i'm not going to work nights and i'm not going to make it as a sportscaster everyone has that choice and that's the thing, like, I, I know, like, going into it, you know, I sacrificed a lot during my younger years of high school and going into college just to get to where I am in the little bit of ground that I've gained. And what you're saying all adds up, Mr. Kaplan. So you spent over 20 years with WGN. What was the transition like from there to ESPN 1000? Uh, it was different. It was absolutely different because WGN Radio is a news talk format that also had some sports. And when I left WGN, we had just let the Cubs go. We had walked away from the deal because it was a loser financially. And the, I knew the Cubs were going to be really, really good. I didn't know if we'd win the World Series. It turned out we did. But walking out of a news talk format where you would come in, you would do a two-minute sports cast at the top and bottom of the hour, do two hours of sports talk at night, and then do whatever it is, 
for the Cubs that we when we had the games, that was it. And now I go to a place where it is hardcore sports. You ha- I always study, but you have to study even more. You've got to do your homework so that when you come in and you're going to talk about the Bears-Titans game, you had better be prepared that the people listening are as smart or smarter than you. we got brilliant sports fans in this town. And so you better be prepared at the top of your game. And that's the consistent message that I've heard from sportscasters that I've talked to, just like you. The great Joe Beninati imparted that on me. He said, you know, you gotta, you have to do your homework, do your homework, and do more homework, and study up. And I think that's, that's again, that back-end piece that a lot of people don't see when they go into the sportscasting world. And like, oh, it's all lights, camera, TV. There's a lot of work behind the scenes about doing your research. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've got friends of mine who who will kid with me. Oh, it must be rough. You had to work three hours today, do your radio show, and then do an hour on TV. Yeah, okay. Well, the three hours of the radio show, there are more than that of study to put on a three-hour radio show. The TV show, same deal. I don't just walk in, turn the camera on, let's go, and just start talking. Someone has to be able to provide the content. You have a great producer. I'm very blessed. I have awesome producers on radio and TV. But if I don't do any homework, I don't watch replays of the Bears when I get the NFL game pass or I read everything I can possibly read, well, then I'm doing a disservice to the people who are listening. And yeah, and that's and that's the big thing. You have to keep grinding and you have to keep going at it and saying what what's the next level that I can take in my progression as research. Correct. You can always get better. Absolutely always get better. You know, I just am pulling up to my house now while I'm talking to you, but I am done with my radio show for the day. It doesn't mean I'm done working for the day. I got a lot more work I have to do so that I'm prepared to do TV later today or I'm prepared to do radio tomorrow. And the next thing you know, I'm going to have a Bears game to deal with on Monday night. There's always homework to be done. Yeah, so keeping with that radio theme, you had the opportunity to work with the great Eddie Olchick as a co-host on your Cap and Co. radio show when he popped in two days a week. I had a chance to talk with Eddie my junior year of high school, and I want I, I had a great time with him um, from a professional standpoint. But what was it like working with him week in and week out on the air? Well, Eddie's one of my best friends in my life, and I quit broadcasting this very second he'd still be one of my best friends. I adore the guy as a person. I have the utmost respect how he handled his battle with cancer. Uh, And having him come in, he gives the show so much credibility because he's a Hall of Fame player. He's in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. So there's a lot that goes into my relationship with Eddie, and it extends far beyond the microphone. Yeah, and that's and that's that's the big thing because a lot of guys see him, you know, it's all oh, the happy human on TV, but he does so much more. He he works with the 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 kids who have cancer. He he's a part of that hockey fights cancer initiative, and he's a class A person. You know, I remember when I first met him when I had gone up to uh, meet a, a sportscaster from Los Angeles. He remembered me instantly, and he's like, "I'm gonna call you." And I, he really makes you feel really special. And that's the only way I can make it sound from a young guy's perspective. Yeah, 
has that unique gift where he can be talking to the guy who parks his car or the guy who he gets his coffee from or the woman that he deals with in you know whatever aspect of his life as he goes through his day and make everyone feel like they are the most important person in his life at that moment. Yeah, and that's and that's what we all love about Eddie Olchick. So sticking with the Blackhawks team, what are your thoughts on the Blackhawks rebuild currently and the whole Dylan Strom re-signing saga? Um, look, I think the Blackhawks are a long, long way from being a competitive team to try and win a Stanley Cup. That's just a fact. They don't have a number one goaltender. I don't think they have enough scoring. I don't think they have enough defense. I just think they're in a bad spot. And they've committed to this rebuild. I hope they see it through and don't panic and go, hey, we got to go spend money and go get somebody. If you're going to go down this path, though, you better be committed to this path because it's not easy. And that's exactly what I remember the great Dennis Savard. I was reading If These Walls Could Talk. And it was, uh, it was, he said, you've got to commit to the Indian. You've got to commit to the Chicago Blackhawks organization. And when you're talking about it, you can't, it's like that segment um, on NFL, uh, around the NFL podcast, it said they do a segment, it's like patience or panic. And you have to have that strong sense of centeredness and patience to say, I believe in this rebuild. It's going to work. It's going to, it may take five years. It may take three years. It may take seven years, but it's going to work in some fashion. Uh, yeah, it, look, it takes time, and, and you have to have a fan base that is willing to accept the amount of time that it's going to take to rebuild a professional sports team. And you also have to understand that not everything is going to go correctly. You're going to miss on draft picks. You're going to miss on trades. Nothing is perfect. And so getting a fan base, A, to accept it, ownership, B, to accept it, See, you're in the middle of a pandemic where revenues are down. This is a big deal that they're embarking on here. A big deal. Yeah, so this big deal, if you're in Stan Bowman's position, what recommendation would you give him to to going forward in this rebuild? If you if you have the, the reins of the Blackhawks, what are you recommending to uh, Stan Bowman to do? Well, far be it for me to tell a guy who's won three Stanley Cups what he should do. I, I can't even skate. I'm, I'm, I'm Neither can I. Chicken holder there. Um, I'm not going to give Stan Bowman guidance because I don't know what the best thing is for him to do. All I would say to him is, if you're going to bring us as a fan base down this road, you better see it through. Don't panic in a year and go, oh boy, we're horrible. Our ratings on TV or radio are down. We better go do something. Let's go sign an exciting older player that people at least will enjoy watching. No. If you're going to go down this road, you better see it through like the Cubs did, like the White Sox are doing. You better see it through until you get on the other side. That's it. And from my basketball side of things, I always remember the three words that I heard from Philadelphia. Trust the process. And look how it kind of worked out for them. Well, I don't know if it has worked out for them. They haven't made a run. They're better. Yeah, they're better, but, but they, yeah. But I'm not convinced that the Philadelphia 76ers are a championship caliber team. I'm not. So, again, we can trust the process, and you got to see it through. They didn't see it through. They fired the GM that they had. They moved on from Sam Hinkie, and we'll see if the process worked. 
But again, if you're going to do it, you've got to stay loyal to it. Yeah, so stepping away from sports, you've really been candid. Your son, Brett, has Fragile X Syndrome. Tell us about him and how he's inspired you on and off the microphone. So Brett is an amazing person. First of all, if you're around him, there is not a mean bone in that kid's body. Not one. He's just a sweet, wonderful, 26-year-old young man. He works hard. It's something that he's battled and will battle his entire life. Uh, but he has this love for sports that he got, I think, from having me as his dad. And here Brett is. I mean, he'll call me. It could be game 110 of a 162-game baseball season, and the Cubs lose, and he's devastated by the loss. Dad, that was horrible. Brett, we're in first place. Let's take it. You know, deep breath, relax. Same with the Bears, the Blackhawks the Bulls, and then he likes to get on YouTube and watch, you know, old videos of old players, and I'll, he'll ask me about a player, I'll be like, that guy played in, like, 1957. Yep, and he was one of the best second basemen of all time for the New York Yankees, and you should know who this guy is, Dad. He is a fanatic about sports, but more importantly than that, as I said, he's such a wonderful person. He teaches you that there is so much more in life than getting worked up over certain things. This kid just loves life. And that's what that's what I've, I've non, done with a lot of people. You know, I know people who have some disabilities, and they really, the their love for their life, and even with their disability, has puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I have three stepsons who have been wonderful brothers to Brett, and even they'll tell you, Yep, Brett has gotten us to look at things in a different way. Yeah. So how has the COVID pandemic impacted you in the broadcasting world? And how have you adapted personally and professionally during these uncertain times? Uh, the COVID pandemic has affected all of us in the broadcasting world in sports because we went, what, three months with no sports of any kind. Nothing. So you come into work every day. And I would say to my two producers, okay, this is where we're going to earn our money. It's real easy when Nick Bowles or Mitchell Trubisky or whoever it is has a bad game. And you say, oh, boy, here we go. Bears stuck. Just turn the phone lines on on Tuesday morning with whatever they do against the Minnesota Vikings. And you're going to have full phones for three hours. And it's easy. It's, I've said, it's like playing in Disneyland. But when you have no games of any kind, what are we going to talk about? We had for NFL free agency. Okay, the Bears signed Robert Quinn. That's a one-day story. They traded for Nick Bowles. Okay, that gives you a little more juice. What else did they do? You had the NFL draft. We didn't have a first-round pick. All right, we can try and squeeze what we can out of what they did in the draft. Baseball, they're arguing over money. People really don't want to talk about that. NBA is shut down. The Bulls are trying to hire a new front office. Okay, we can talk about that. But after, you know, we don't know Arturis Karnaschovas or Mark Eversley or how things are going to go. So after a little bit of that, the Blackhawks, yeah, what are we really talking about? It's not really a huge, in terms of the nuts and bolts of a hockey team that's just not great radio at times. Yeah. All of a sudden, we're stuck talking about your favorite sports movies or this or your that. You had to get creative, man, and we got lucky. 
Yeah, and that's and and that creative juice is really what keeps the the world running, not just in sports, but it keeps it running around the world whether you're in entertainment or whether you're in the 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 government side of things. How do you how do you keep how do you keep everything engaged even when there's something out of your control? Uh it's just coming in, doing your homework and as a unit me Jonathan Hood Danny Zetterman J.R. Strauss Jeff Meller it's all of us getting in a room you know early in the morning and saying all right what is our call to action today well should Matt Nagy give up play calling or should Mitchell Trubisky be back as the starter or should the Bulls draft this guy or trade their pick or should Rick Renteria have been fired or Tony LaRusso like I'm giving you a billion examples of stuff that's For sure. going on now in Chicago sports. So there are things to talk about, but you still have to put a show together so that someone who, you know, it's not a right, it's a privilege that someone listens to me. And you have to be willing to put a show together that will engage them so that in the morning they say, put out 1,000, I want to hear what Captain J. Hood has to say. And that, and that's something that I've had to learn through whether it's through fire or whether it's through trial by fire or whether it's just through experimentation. It's about how to put a good show on, and I think you exemplify that beautifully, David. Appreciate it. No, so before we head out, Dave, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners in the Loyola community around the U.S., Canada, beyond? Uh, just appreciate any of them that have listened, watched. I'm not asking people to agree with my opinions on anything. I just ask them to listen and watch. And if I can get them to give me some of their time, that's all. That's good enough for me. I greatly appreciate their support throughout the years. I'm very blessed. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Dave, thank you so much for the time. You bet. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Stay safe and healthy.